Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to speakers about speaking. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, speaker and speaker questioner. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. I'd also like to let you all know that I'll be hosting a webinar tomorrow, that's April 4th, at 10 a.m. Pacific time on public speaking. If you're looking to improve your public speaking for 2017, you can register at neilthompsonspeaks.com slash great, hyphen public, hyphen speaker, hyphen webinar. The more the merrier. And now on to our special guest. Ebony G is the co-founder of LWAP, that stands for Living with a Purpose Consulting, a registered nurse who has over 15 years of healthcare experience. She's a coach, workshop facilitator, course creator, and of course, public speaker. She's a master of goal setting, obstacle smashing, and personal development. Let's get her take on public speaking. How does she deal with fear? How does she prepare? Does she have any tips for us that struggle with public speaking? It's sure to be an uh, informative time. Well, let's bring her in now. Hi, Ebony. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hi, Neil. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. First question. Perhaps you could do a, uh, or describe your business a bit. What is LWAP and, and what do you provide your clients? Uh, LWAP stands for Living with a Purpose Consulting, and uh, what we do is kind of twofold. Um, with on one hand, we help women uh, to develop and maintain healthy mindsets through self-care and personal development, so that they can set and achieve goals um, to to better their lives. And um, also, like you said, I am a nurse. And one of our other uh, heartfelt passions, I've been working in the dialysis um, field for 16 years now. And um, one thing that we would like to do is be a bridge between uh, the patient and the the doctor, the the dialysis facility and the doctor. Same principle, so just trying to help them um, have a better quality of life through changing their mindset about being on dialysis and, and everything they have to go through so that they can have a healthier mindset and in turn have a healthier uh, physical life. Oh, that sounds great. So exactly how does public speaking factor into your business? Uh, public speak, speaking factors in because we hold a variety of workshops and seminars and uh, hopefully soon speaking speaking into existence, we'll be working with hospitals and wellness centers and doctor's offices to also spread um, the word of disease prevention and health promotion. So that includes, you know, a lot of public speaking, speaking with doctors, speaking with, um, you know, our management, and also speaking with people, uh, whether they're already currently experiencing a chronic disease or people who would like to know what more they can do to prevent them. Interesting. 
Out of curiosity, who's your favorite public speaker and why? <laughs> um, so I would have to say right now my favorite public speaker is I just started follow, following Allison Bird, and she is phenomenal. I found somebody shared, and I saw her uh, Facebook Live post, and I've been hooked ever since. And she is my favorite right now because um, of just of the, the level of value that she gives when she speaks. And I think that that's an important part of having people actually want to come and listen to you is that you have great information to offer. Absolutely. Yeah, no one really wants to hear someone just just <laughs> talk about, you know, foolishness, right? <laughs> right, right. So uh, another question that I have for you is when it, when you're doing your your speaking engagements and you mentioned the, the various you know, venues that you you speak to, how do you prepare? Uh, I am huge on preparation. So uh, once I get the topic, I usually come out, create an outline, and then I go into uh, detail in my outline, and then I practice it. So I practice, and, and, and things always just come off at the top of my head. So I don't worry about that, but I do um, practice just so I can can deliver things in a sequential and clear and impactful and useful way. Hmm. Do you, when you give your when you give speeches, do you use notes or do you try to to not use notes? Uh like I might take my um take my notes, but usually I just go go in my mind from there. But I, I do see in the near future where if I'm talking to specifically like a group of doctors or something like that, I think I would like to keep it a little more formal and stay you know, a little more on task. So I figure, you know, informally, you know, I take my notes, go over them, and then I just um, kind of freestyle it at that point because I've already rehearsed what I want to say. But if I'm speaking, you know, truly to a, a room full of professionals, I do want to make sure that I am um, I have some note cards just to be a little more uh, targeted and make sure I'm hitting all of my key points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's smart. Do you ever get nervous before a speech? And if so, how do you get past the nervousness? I do. I do get nervous. And um, maybe I've been taking up meditation for a little over a year now. So I have um, an app that I absolutely love. And I also uh, found a great classical music um, CD on my Apple Music. So I will usually either listen to either classical music or uh, my favorite meditation just to quiet myself and get my breathing under control, and that usually calms me down. Hmm. Do you do that right before you speak or or, you, or, or more longer term before you speak? Um, probably. I mean, I do it longer term before I speak, but I would have to say, like, if I'm riding in the car, like, on my way there, that that's what I'm listening to, just trying to just, hmm. you know, get get present in the moment. So I'm try- so in order to do that, I, I quiet my mind like on my ride, so that I can be fully present and just take in everything that I'm supposed to be doing once I get there. You mentioned that you listen to an, an an app. What what's the name of the app? The app is called Guided Mind, and it's a free Guided app. Mind. On uh, I have a I have a, a Apple, so it's a free app on Apple, and they have, like, pay things that you can use, but if you filter it to go through the free stuff, it's amazing. They have a, they have, they have uh, meditations for everything. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of it. I'll give it a, give it a look, see, see what 
see maybe. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, everyone. I think if if you're a human being and you have to give a speech, you get nervous at least a little bit. Even the the people that you know, people that are known for for public speaking, I'm sure that they get nervous every time. I think it shows that you care. Exactly, exactly. It shows that you because I feel like if you didn't get nervous and you you don't care how you deliver and if your audience you know connects or not. So yeah, I think you have to has some level of um, healthy anxiety going on there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to get your take on the use of filler words. And when I say filler words, I'm referring to words like um or ah uh, or you know and like. So those type of words, do you use them in your speeches? And, and if you do, do you try to minimize them? Or is this even something that you're you're trying to, to minimize? I try definitely try to minimize it. And, and I talk fast. I've all, I've always talked fast. So that's one of the things that I work on is trying to talk a little slower. That way I can formulate my words in my mind. And I'm not saying, uh, um, you know, and I'm not taking, like, extremely long pauses. So I really am working on pacing my speech when I'm talking. You know, this is a question that I just, that just came to mind. It, it, Reminds me of a, a conversation I had with my older sister. So I'm, as, I'm a speaker, and, and I was telling my older sister about an engagement that I was doing, and the first question she had was what I was going to wear to it, what, what clothing I was going to wear. She didn't really ask me what I was going to be speaking about, where, where it was, or anything like that. She wanted to know what clothes I was going to be wearing. So I was curious, when you're giving speeches, is that something that you're mindful of, the you know, your outer appearance, you know, what you're wearing? Definitely so. I always dress. Unless it's something where, like, next week I'm speaking at a high school. It's like a county health fair, and I'm speaking at a high school. So I probably won't wear a suit, but I definitely probably will still wear dress pants and a dress shirt just because I uh, want to give off the appearance of being being professional in any situation. So. I am very aware of what I'm wearing. If you're in the audience and you're listening to a speaker, would you still listen to them even if they weren't dressed appropriately for the occasion? I would. I would. I do believe you can't judge a book by its cover. So, um, like I said, if I was talking to, I'm like, this is another thing that I would like to do, just hold a few, you know, wellness workshops, like at the YMCA, for example. So I might not be dressed up you know, in business casual or even business. I might be in, in workout clothes, to, you know, because that that uh, portrays and, and lends to what I'm talking about in the uh, environment that I'm talking. Mm. Well, you need to speak to my sister then because we have had that <laughs> conversation. She said that if someone's not wearing something that she doesn't like, she can't even get past that, the fact that they're <laughs> dressed inappropriately. She, she can't even hear the words that they're saying, you know. I mean, it was a, a bit of a, a discussion between the two of us. <laughs> I mean, but in some instances, I might I might tend to agree with her. Like, if I'm going to a, a professional seminar at, like, a college or something, like, I don't expect the person to come out looking like they just worked in their yard, you know. So, I, but I, I, I just feel like it's situational appropriate. You know, is mm. you know, I I expect people to use their judgment, but I have to say, if if someone did come out like that, I mean, I would at least listen to them. If they don't hit a few points, 
in the first five or ten minutes, and I might have I might tune out too. <laughs> so, but what if someone is is dressed appropriately though? So they they get your attention right away. No, no, because dress is not um, the first thing I'm looking for. The first thing I'm looking for is why am I there? What am I expecting to hear? Or, you know, depending on what the what the description of the talking engagement was about, and am I getting that? Yeah. What about eye contact? Is that something that's really important to you when you're giving speeches to to maintain eye contact? Yes, definitely scan around the room, making eye contact. And I like to do my um, speeches are pretty much interactive because I like to engage with the audience and see, you know, what they're what are they thinking and what are their opinions on some of the things that I'm saying. So definitely when I'm asking questions and when people raise their hands, I want to make sure I'm facing them. Almost like, you know, it's just us in that room for that moment where we're talking. So when you're practicing your speeches, it's easy to keep track of filler words. It may even be easy to to keep track of, of eye contact. What about body gestures, hand gestures, you know, movement, just moving around the room, that kind of thing. I you know you did mention that you're interactive with your speeches. Is body gestures something that's important to you? Is that something you practice or is it just something you do in the moment? Yeah, it's just something I do in the moment. I'm not a, a exaggerated speaker, so I might use my hands every once in a while, but the most I'll do is just walk, maybe walk back and forth depending on uh, how the – the, the stage per se is is presented. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it guess it depends. It, it it differs for everyone depending on who you ask. You know, my sister is really is is interested in in look of the speaker, and some people they they really into the the, the body gestures. I personally am not too interested in the gestures. I'm I'm way more interested in what the person's actually saying. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm 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 there for the content first. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you you and I agree. So why did you say you agree with my sister sometimes? No, I just said I understand how some people's appearances can can turn you off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, another question I have is if you use PowerPoint during and PowerPoint slides during your presentations, and if you do, do you have any tips on how to use them effectively? Um, for the most part, I don't. But when I would say when I do, I'm not to crowd the PowerPoints. Like PowerPoints are supposed to be just that bullet points of topics that you are talking more extensively about. So you know, maybe three to five bullets per page. Maybe some some pictures to illustrate, you know, what you're talking about. But I think for the most part, you shouldn't read. You shouldn't have enough verbiage on it that you're actually, what you're speaking on, you're actually reading from the PowerPoint. So it should just be bulleted points that you want to make, and then you elaborate on those bulleted points. Yeah, I I fully agree with you, because if you're just reading the slides and you're not looking at the audience, so you can't really maintain eye contact with them, and I guess it also hurts your, just them trying to, you know, keep them engaged and keeping their attention. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, why did, why did they need you? You could have just sent your slides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, know, that's a, you know, that's a good way not to get invited. You know, if there were some people who might be interested in what you were saying and having you speak there and you do something like that, I would feel like, 
why do I need you? I could just ask you to make me up some slides and, you know, go from there. Yeah, I'm guessing your audience can read, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a good point. <laughs> what is your most memorable public speaking engagement? My most memorable public speaking engagement was I was talking uh, to a group. Uh, the group is called Mommy Up, and it's really about getting women empowerment. So getting you know mothers together who might not have a lot of time to get out of the house and just to focus on, do some self-care and focus on themselves and work on themselves. And I had the the best conversation with those ladies because it was definitely, it was an open, honest uh, environment where people really put out their, you know, the the things that they were truly struggling with. And I was able to give suggestions that actually could improve somebody's life right then and there. Like nothing that they would have to wait for. I gave them actionable uh, tips that they could put to use in real time. So it, it was, and I like to do that. And I, I kept friended, you know, a few of them on Facebook, and I keep contact with them, asking them, you know, how they're doing. And that's really, really re- rewarding for me to be able to to see, you know, how I can positive, positively affect people. Oh yeah, definitely. If if you're able to give a speech and and every basically tell them something that they can use right away, that's that's worth the price of admission to me. Yes, exactly. What's your number one tip for keeping an audience engaged? I would say number one tip would be definitely would be engagement. Like that works the best for me. Uh, engagement because sometimes what you plan on talking about is even though it might be in the realm of, of what you're speaking on, it might not be directly on point for where your audience is. So by asking open-ended questions and, and, and assessing engagement with your, with your audience, you, you're able to better pivot to talk about things that actually matter to them, which increases you know, their satisfaction and their uh, value from what you're doing. Yeah, I think you're right. Asking open-ended questions is a great way to keep people's attention because they have to be aware that they may be called on at any moment, so they really should should pay attention <laughs> to avoid looking foolish. <laughs> right, right. Like you, you got to know what the question is. Can't say, "Can you repeat that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't want to look. You know. You don't want to have an egg on your face. So, I'm curious as to what your future plans are for for your speaking engagements and for your business. Um, future future plans, like I said, I would definitely like to expand into working with um, more businesses about how to uh, educate, whether it's their staff or their patients, how to stay healthier. And I would definitely love to plan a whole lot of uh, different workshops around uh, the four topics that we focus on, healthy mindset, self-care, personal development, and goal setting, because each one of those you know, are extensive on their own, but I feel like without completely having the skills of all four, you're not, you're you're less likely to be successful. I can't say you won't be successful, but you're less likely to be successful. It's been a joy talking to you, Ebony. How can people find you? Um, thank you so much again for having me. Uh, this was this was great. Uh, you can find me at www.lwapllc.com, and we have a blog and a host of free resources that will teach you how to develop a better mindset and 
the the things that that go along with it and how to set and achieve goals that that take you to the next level. Excellent. So for everyone that's listening, if your mindset's in the gutter, Ebony G is the person you really want to contact. You can contact her at <laughs> www.lwapllc.com. She has free resources yeah. and a blog for you to read. Again, thank you so much for, for calling in, Ebony. This was, this was great. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, everybody, that marks the end of another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. While you're on the website, you can get access to my free public speaking course. All you need to do is on the homepage, click on the free resources link. Until next time, please take care.